Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I am not Elizabeth Madry, the host that you are used to seeing in the chair here. Um, Elizabeth is away for a family emergency today, but I am here with my co-host, Narelle Atkins. Hi, everyone. And we have Lynn Blackburn joining us today. Lynn will be Hello. talking about her recent book, Never Fall Again. Lynn Blackburn loves writing romantic suspense because her childhood fantasy was to become a spy. But her grown up reality is that she's a huge chicken and would have been caught on her first mission. I can also 100%. <laughs> she prefers to live vicariously through her characters and loves putting them into all kinds of terrifying situations while she is sitting at home safe and sound in her pajamas. Lynn lives in there South Carolina with her true love and their three children. Thanks for being here with us today, Lynn. Thank you for having me. We'd like to kick off today, as we usually do, by asking you to tell us and our listeners uh, a bit about your story. Okay. Oh, it's so hard to, you know, and you're like, uh, at this time of, of a book phase, it's tricky because I, I want to tell it and also be super careful about spoilers and it's so fun and also terrifying for me because this is the first book in a new series so I'm insanely excited but I also don't have that um you know by the time you get to the second or third book in a series readers want to know that story and they already know some of those characters and right. they're excited about it and this is just brand new clean slate and so there's a lot of a lot more introduction work that has to happen in the story itself because we're late we're creating this whole new world and so um but I was so excited because I got to set it in a fictional town Gossamer Falls is in the mountains of western North Carolina which is where I'm from it is not real and I wish it was real, <laughs> but it isn't and um I, I wanted there's lots of waterfalls in the mountains and um that's one of my favorite things to do is go looking for waterfalls and hiking to waterfalls and so I wanted to have a waterfall that was kind of the main you know central feature of the town and that's where it gets its name and all that kind of good stuff and then when I was thinking about it it kind of flowed naturally to have two kind of rival families in this town who don't necessarily get along very well. <laughs> it's a low-key feud. There's no violence, but they don't get along and they don't interact much and that kind of thing. One of the families has, they've both been there for uh, for generations, but one of them has a more, just a more altruistic approach. They are, you know, they work in the, in the, um, there's nurses and doctors and dentists and pastors and teachers and principals and people who work in the community and that kind of thing. And then the other side, they are more, they're trying to bring in tourists and bring in a different kind of, one family's trying to keep things the way it has been and, uh -huh. uh, you know, more protecting their way of life and the other family's trying to capitalize on their way of life. And so, you know, there's some clashing there. And uh, so it also gives a lot of room for some conflict that is has nothing to do with the suspense, just that interpersonal conflict. And uh, when I was planning how, the, I, always, I usually write books, three books in a series. And so the, the unifying factor in this series is that all three of, um, well, two heroes and one heroine are 
cousins and they're all part of one family. And then, um, of course, at some point there will have to be a, you know, somebody's got to fall in love with somebody from the other family or we are not, you know, I can't have it any other way, but that's not for a few more books. So with this one, yeah, he's in construction and he is, um, he was a Marine, has a degree in construction management, always wanted to move back home and um, work in his family's construction firm, which is near and dear to me because my grandfather did construction and my great-grandfather was a stonemason. My dad has done construction his whole life while being a pastor. And so I just, I love sawdust. I love the way it smells <laughs> and that whole idea. So I needed to have somebody who's building things. And um, and he meets this this young lady who wants him to build her house and it turns out that he gets the feeling that there's she's running from something and he's not sure what it is. And so, of course, she works for the big resort and the wrong family. And so there's that conflict as well. And they don't know what's going on. And as soon as they start interacting, people come after her and she's obviously in trouble. And so, of course, you know, he has to try to protect her and her daughter and I've never written a book that had a dog in it. I have a golden retriever in there. And that was so fun mm. <laughs> because I grew up with a golden retriever and I was like, I need a dog. I need to have a puppy. <laughs> and, um, and so she's fun and adds some, some fun elements to it. And their main conflict is simply that she, you know, she's come out of a very um, abusive situation and she is not interested in love. She's planning to just, hunker down, stay hidden, raise her daughter. And he has some reasons to not be interested as well. And so, of course, then, you know, you throw them together. Of course you do. As well, conquer do. All, and it all went, all works out. So it's fun. It's a, it's a great, um, I, I write, I typically write books that have, I treat mine as an ensemble cast where I have the hero and the heroine for each book and it's in their point of view and it's their story. Right. But we get a lot of time with the other characters. We, we meet all of the main characters for the rest of the series at some point. And, um, and so it's fun establishing all of that and those relationships. And I'm, like I'm really excited. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, appreciate I, love, that. I love that aspect of it. I think we're all really just in in a very broad in broad strokes people want community and they want to feel like they belong and so when they can read that in a book it really is a very even in a suspense where things are tense but there's something comforting about having these people who are there for each other and will you know are there through them you know through thick and thin and I love that aspect of it so I'm really really excited for my readers to actually get to meet them because with the way publishing, you know, works, I have been hanging out with these folks for close to two years now, but my <laughs> yes. readers have never met them. And so it's a really weird, um, I've written this book, a novella, and I'm almost done with the next book, but my readers have not met them at all. And so it's a strange kind of place to be. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Mm. That makes sense. Um yeah, um, I indie publish, so there isn't as big a gap, but I do Great. also have my ensemble cast put together before I start book one. I usually go for six book series, not always, but usually. And so I know I, you know, have the 
the setting in the background and, mm -hmm. and stuff. And I know all these people and I have been also living with them for quite a while before the first book releases, but not quite as long as what you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine people. only come out once a year. So it does make for a long, it makes it for does. a long gap. Yeah. Yeah. Narelle, do you want to kick us off with the first question? I will. Yeah. So I loved reading the book and I also read this quickly. I've had a really good run with romantic suspense. I haven't DNF'd anything and I've read some <laughs> really awesome. good books. So um, that's been very exciting and I did love reading your book. So oh, let's you. talk about Landry. So she's a single mom and she's got a five-year-old daughter, Eliza, which Valerie would have loved because it's a five-year-old. Five yeah. <laughs> and so Landry and Eliza, they moved to Gossamer Falls from Arizona with Landry's friend Bronwyn Pierce. And that happens after Landry's husband dies in an accident. So um, Bronwyn Pierce has three families. It's the Pierce family, the, I can't remember now, I haven't written them all down, but there's three families that are connected in there. And Bronwyn's the one that has the, um, a Haven artist, the Haven mm -hmm. Resort, but they have where Landry's right. the artist in residence. So, and Landry's passion is pottery. So basically she's living at the Haven. She's got her pottery studio. That's where Eliza is. Eliza's just starting school. And so she's pretty much forced out of her little comfort zones there because yes. if your kids go to school, you end up meeting people. <laughs> so right. that's just the way it works. So my questions are, at the start of the story, why is it important for Landry to be financially independent? Because as you mentioned in the intro, she's wanting to build a house and that's how our hero gets introduced into her life and why does Landry struggle to trust people well I don't get into a lot of detail I touch on it though but when she met her husband and fell in love with him and and married him he turned out to not be anything like what she thought and then everyone around her really just kept that whole charade going. And she doesn't trust people in the church. She doesn't trust people to be who they say they are because mm -hmm. of her experience with her husband. And she felt trapped in her marriage because they were going to use Eliza as a, um, you know, as a bargaining chip. And, and there were threats made about whether or not they could even, you know, whether she could even they would try to get custody of her daughter and, and those kinds of things. And she didn't have a job and she didn't have any income while she was married. And so for her, just getting herself into a position where nobody can ever take Eliza from her and have any leg to stand on is super important to her and, and having their own place. You know I mean? It's, it's lovely living at the Haven. It's nice, but you know, she wants to have her own space and be able to do her own thing. And I think, a lot of us do. I just think it took her a while to heal and trust enough to be brave enough to even try it. And Bronwyn, uh, who's a Pierce, who's the, 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 the Haven is the resort and the Pierces and the Quins are the two that are mostly yeah. in conflict. And, um, you know, Bronwyn had to kind of shove her, it's like shoving the baby bird out of the nest, you know, like make the phone call and go, go and, and gave her seal of approval. Um, Bronwyn is a Pierce, but Cal, Meredith, and Mo are the cousins. They're the Quinn cousins. Cal's last name is actually Shaw because his mother was a Quinn, is was is a Quinn, and um, they. So we have Cal Shaw, Meredith Quinn, and Mo Quinn, and the three of them were all in the same grade. I and that actually came. 
I have, I'm the oldest of 14 grandchildren. My dad's the oldest of seven. I'm the oldest of 14 grandchildren. And I have four cousins who were born between April and September of the same year. And yeah. so, <laughs> you know, it happens. There was yeah. a set of twins in there, but still, you know, it does happen. And in this case, Mo with Mo and Meredith, they're only 10 months apart. And so they're, they wound up because of the timing of it, they wound up in the same grade. And so the three of them have been thick and thin, you know, since they were babies. And then same kind of idea, Eliza goes off to school and meets people. Well, you know, the kids went to kindergarten and Bronwyn Pierce was there. And despite the issues with their parents trying to keep them apart, you, you know, they couldn't stop it. And the four of them became close friends and were up until high school. And so, you know, Bronwyn, even though there's been issues, Bronwyn trusts Cal, knows that he'll take good care of Landry and he'll be honest with her. And so, you know, he kind of, she just kind of shoves him and shoves Landry at him. And it, it winds up being, um, it's it's a tough, I, I don't have that same experience, but I think anytime you've been betrayed by anyone, family, friends, a church, a community, whatever, it makes you very, very hesitant to trust again. And when you add a child to the mix, it it amps up the importance of your just being able to do your due yeah. diligence and making sure that this is really safe for them going forward. And that's really where Landry is. And she's very hesitant about taking any risks because it's backfired on her in the past. So yeah, and, and you handled that aspect of the story well. That's uh, I'll just add in. You did. You handled it really well, and I think religious abuse is what I would call that because yes, the church absolutely. and the Bible was. I mean, her husband and her in-laws controlled her via religious abuse and twisting the Bible to suit their own ends and basically Absolutely. putting her into an awful situation. And that's really hard for people to overcome. And a lot of people turn their back on God and never overcome those types yes. of situations as well. And um, I really appreciated um, Landry's journey in the story because her faith journey is very much a part of it. But Valerie, you were going to say something? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> I think I think you kind of answered it though. Because, yeah, it's especially hard when it's the church that um, you want to believe that the church will be there for you, that they will look at you and go, you are an honest person. We know you're a child of God. We believe you. We love you. We'll stand in for you. And when that doesn't happen, that's a whole level of betrayal that people can't, can't equivalent, you know, like it, it's way more than people being mean. It is. It, and it's a, it's a whole, uh, I don't think it, it's, it's something that I think a lot of people are dealing with and they just don't talk about it. They just don't go to church. Mm -hmm. They're done. You know, they're like, I'm not, I'm never going back. I'll, I'll avoid that situation. I don't even want to risk it again. And yeah. it can take a really long time to be willing to, to take that chance. And it's tricky because we know, you know, we know we're sinners and we're all sinners and the church should be a place for all, you know, where we can be safe there. And yet because we've got a bunch of sinners, you know, at church too, they're going to make mistakes. And sometimes some churches are toxic. It's, it's tragic, but it's true. Some churches are toxic, but they aren't all toxic. And, and that's certainly not pleasing to God and not what God wants. And so, um, 
it just was one of those things with her that I was like, she's going to have to really, really wrestle with this and, and come to terms with um, being willing to take a chance again um, on, on not so much, not a little bit God, but not even as much God as God's people and being willing to open herself back up to that. No, that's really true. Let's uh, talk really briefly about the enclave um, called the Haven. It's a very mm -hmm. exclusive resort that you have to be extremely wealthy to be invited there. So the, most of the story is set there, or and it certainly revolves around the, mm -hmm. the Haven where um, where she Landry is has her pottery studio. So where did the idea for the Haven come from? And have you had uh, an invitation to an exclusive resort? Like <laughs> <laughs> I wish. No. Um, well, it was interesting because um, I'm from the mountains of Western North Carolina and, and originally um, a native, my, um, my dad's side of the family has been there for hundreds of years. And the, um, it's a challenge because we have a lot of your, um, Yankees who move in because it's beautiful. It's not, we still have winter, but it's not as harsh. Um, they love the area. And so it became, when I was a kid, it became, it was always on these like best places to retire kind of things. And what's happened is that people who've lived there forever, they can't afford to buy a piece of property anymore. Land prices mm. have gone up, taxes have gone up. Um, the demographic has changed a good bit. And I, so when I was thinking about it, I was like, I want to figure out how I can bring this resort feel to the town, but not ruin the town uh -huh. and not completely mm. destroy how they have it set up. And my thought on that was, well, if I made it uber exclusive, you know, private, not not the kind of place that's advertising, not the kind of place anybody can just afford to show up so that it becomes it it actually brings money in and helps the economy of Gossamer Falls because a lot of people work there, but it doesn't bring in lots and lots and lots of people. So while the Haven itself is exclusive and does bring in a, a certain type of person, which is mostly very wealthy people, um, the town of Gossamer Falls itself is kind of able to still truck along very much the way they have been and that was kind of the idea behind it was how can I do this because it's a it's a it's a real issue in yes, North yes, Carolina is. Mm. that you you bring in all these tourists and we want tourists and yet it changes our whole way of life here too and so yeah. I was trying to find a way to avoid that and of course you know with the beauty of fiction I have some options there there you um, go but and also because they the haven has existed really since you know prior to social media so they had already figured out how to get the word out and communicate information about them without the way we would tend to think of things you know facebook and instagram and all that so as those things were coming along in my head that's not in the story written down anywhere but in my head it was just it was easy for them to say we're not allowing that here like we're just not you're we can't have that 
we're not having video, we're not having all this stuff. And so it has helped keep the, I don't want to say riffraff because that's not the right <laughs> term, but, but keeping, keeping it exclusive and, and avoiding the influx of people that they, they really don't want the rubberneckers in their community. The curious. Yeah. And the curious and the people who just, you know, and I, I mean, I live in South Carolina now and I do, I mean, I, I go up to the mountains too, to just relax and, and have some downtime and it's beautiful and wonderful. And it's my favorite place, but it is, um, you can see where for the natives, sometimes it's, it's a mixed blessing. Uh, so yeah. it, um, that was my, that was my answer to how I would fix that. <laughs> well, the guests at the Haven are looking for privacy and they're not going to go to town exactly. because they're trying to hide. They're, they're exactly. wealthy. Many of the celebrities, many are wanting to have a vacation without paparazzi harassing them. So, I mean, that makes perfect yes. sense the way it's Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and it, it's always tricky, you know, when you're starting to think through how can I make this, I mean, yes, it's fiction, but it needs to make sense. It needs to yeah, be it believable. It, you know, if, if as a reader, like you were talking about, you know, your DNF, I, I, it's, I don't like this. I don't love it when I'm reading a story and I'm like, I do not buy any of this. Like yeah. I, I, I just, there's too many ways we could have worked around it. And so I really tried mm -hmm. to get it where it was, it was feasible that it could be this way. Well, you very successfully did it. <laughs> Thank you. We've got uh, one question from Beth. You kind of answered it part way about the family feud. And, um, but she said, basically, this feels like a setup for more than just a trilogy. And you've kind of alluded to that as well. How many books will we get? And can you tell us who's next? Uh, well, for right now, three novels and one novella. Okay. There may be another novella, maybe, <laughs> but it's, uh -huh, uh -huh. that's a very big maybe. Um, my husband would say no more novellas. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, when are you doing another one? Because didn't we just have a deadline? Because I have a deadline in March, but I had a novella deadline in November. And so he's like, didn't we just have a deadline? <laughs> like, well, yes, but that was the short. Deadlines are like this, this is why, yes. Um, but uh, the current plan is the novella that will come out in, I think it's either October or November of this year. Okay. And that one is in a collection with Lynette Easton and Natalie Walters. Okay. And we, mm -hmm. we have a title, <laughs> but I can't say, and we have a, um, we've seen the cover, but we can't show it yet. Uh, but we're super excited about it. We did this uh, two years ago with Targeted was our novella collection that we did. Um, the novellas in that collection are not connected to each other, but they are connected to our own series. Cool. So, okay. um, so this one will be an, a Gossamer Falls novella. And then the next book is Meredith and Gray. So Meredith Quinn is the hero, heroine of this next book. Right. And Gray um, is the town, is the city um, police chief. Cool. So cool. they are wow. the next book. The novella actually, interestingly enough, which I, it kind of came out of the blue. I wasn't planning it. Um, but the novella is actually Cassie Quinn. She is their little cousin who is the chef. Oh, right. And, yes. Um, and Donovan, who is a sheriff, um, a police officer. So there, she is a little tiny piece in, um, in one scene and yeah. you meet Cassie 
and um, there's some conversation about Donovan. And so um, I've always wanted to write a chef. I thought it would be fun cool. and um, and a fun way to connect them because um, this is not a spoiler because it it's the very first like two lines. Um, the chef at the exclusive restaurant at the Haven has a heart attack and they're in desperate need. And so they contact Cassie because she's right there. And so all of a sudden we have a Quinn working at the Haven for a Pierce. It gets very complicated with the family dynamics. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, um, and I, it's funny because I talked, I was actually talking to my editor today and I said, I feel like I, I try very hard to make each book be something that you could read on its own, right. that you wouldn't be confused. Yeah. You wouldn't be lost. You could read it on its own, but I really skirt the <laughs> between you're just you are going to miss a little bit if you haven't read the previous books not about Mm. that specific plot line and that specific story but more about the connections like you know with the ensemble more about what's happened before that got them to this point right so yeah yeah I I there's apparently studies that most of the time the I guess a series sales start to drop off after the third fourth book um apparently that's not happening but at least it didn't happen with defend and protect uh, my third book in that series is apparently my most popular one so far and I, I was like maybe it's because of the way you know people are invested by the time they get to that third yeah. book couple um there's a lot pulling them into that so I don't know but I do enjoy having more of them I have an idea that the novella part, I, I've had a lot of feedback where people want um, to see characters from previous series right. come in. And so if I could figure out a way to write a novella that got some old friends to come visit the new friends, I, I think that would be a lot of fun. But that's at least that a year or so down the road. It does. I, mean, <laughs> I love, I love awesome. doing that as an indie. I, I have that yes. freedom to do that. You have that option. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But Gossamer oh. Falls is such a great setting that you could literally write another three book novel in a different part of it because the Haven and only explores a small section. Yeah. I do have an idea that would let me stay in Gossamer Falls. So then it'll just be a question of um, because of the, <laughs> my publishing window is set because I publish typically my books come out once a year, um, mainly because of my, my schedule and my life. I have three kids and I homeschool and I can only write so many hours in a day. Um, and so for right now, that's where my schedule is, but it hit me a couple of weeks ago that I I'm by the end of this year, we'll be thinking about the next series, which is crazy to me when this series is just now started <laughs> that my that's head is going to yeah. have to shift to another one, but I have, a, yeah. I've really fallen in love with Gossamer Falls and I'd like to stay. So I'm we'll sure see. your readers will probably yes. feel the same way. <laughs> Definitely. Hate to uh, start calling this short, but I think oh, we're going to need to wrap. Is there anything else that you really want your readers to hear, our listeners to hear about your book or your series? Then, well, I you know the main thing is just that um, there are there are some pre order specials. Um, Baker Bookhouse has forty percent off if you pre-order and free shipping. And we're also doing a free sticker and a free book signed book plate. So oh, if you pre-order awesome. from Baker Bookhouse, you'll get 
um, so, uh, you know, a couple of little extra goodies. And Baker has this kind of habit, you know, sometimes the books get out a little early. And so I, the first time that happened, I wasn't prepared for it. And I was like, how did you already get your book? And but Baker had, had already shipped them. So um, that's always fun. And I, cause I am a tightwad. And so I've always like, I want you to buy my book. It's great for me for you to buy my book, but I also want you to get the best possible deal. Right. And that one really yeah. is the best between the free shipping and the 40% off and some extra goodies. It really is the best deal. Um, and then the last thing would just be to follow my newsletter. Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. What's um, your website? And lynnhblackburn.com. Okie dokie. We'll send everybody. You go to Lynn H. Blackburn. Yeah. And, and there's, there's a place you can subscribe. Perfect. Sounds good. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today at Story Chats. Please let us know your thoughts in the comments. Um, if you've read previous books of Lynn's or if you really love that ensemble cast idea of, of all these people in the same town, or if you have a feud with your neighbors, um, please <laughs> leave a comment on YouTube or on our Facebook page for Story Chats. <laughs> You can find information about the podcast at inspiromance.com slash storychats. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, be sure to fall in love with a good book. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.